0: everyone, I'm Dr. David Clay, and welcome back to What is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry? Question mark. Uh, it's great to be back with you today on the podcast. Um, much, 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 much is going on in the world today. Uh, many, many patients are coming to see me, uh, needing help, godly counsel. Uh, There's many questions, uh, uncertainties about life, life, life's challenges, struggles. And uh, quite truthfully, quite frankly, it's hard to come up with all the answers. Uh, I don't know that I necessarily want to be an answer man or considered to be one of those type of individuals that always has an answer for everything. Uh, I also believe that much of the answer comes from really uh, the discovery uh, knowing how to discover, knowing where to look, uh, knowing uh, just exactly how all of that unfolds, how we put information in, uh, facts in, and that out of that God will provide for us a answer, an answer, a clear answer, clarity, um, maybe not exactly all that we want uh, to know, maybe not All that we, uh, even at the time, think we need to know, but it always is enough, and with God, more than enough, and uh, sometimes (laughs) any more than that really translates to too much for us to comprehend, to understand. I I do think, though, as much as uh, the world is confusing, uh, there doesn't seem to be any truth any real solid sense of what is right or what's wrong or everything that seemed to be of solid uh, construction, composition in the terms of or in terms of what is right or wrong has been so challenged of late that it seems almost impossible not to get lost or almost normal, if I could say that, to feel somewhat lost. Now, for the Christian, we all know that's not where we want to be. We do not want to be lost. And even that idea of what with word lost means, um, certainly there is all those things that we know of salvation that Jesus Christ brings to us, uh, has come to this world so that we might know God, uh, that we might have a relationship through Him with the Holy Spirit or in the Holy Spirit returned unto God, that we may have security, uh, even as I'm speaking about, uh, how confusing things are, it's good to know, right, that we have a relationship with God, that he loves us, uh, that we're, we're, con- um, significant, uh, a, a consideration of his at all times, uh, even though he cares for each and one of us uniquely and individually, uh, as much as a whole, nobody gets left out. Uh, God is there always for us. That in and of itself is uh, not being lost, uh, either from God's perspective or I suppose even as he is, and in Christ for us, represents, Jesus does, the centerpiece, the, the, the center of it all, the, the marker that we always come back to. Being lost can also be applied to uh, even more practical applications beyond salvation. Uh, <laughs> really, it's hard to frame it that way, because being salvation being the greatest of all gifts, and, and certainly that's the, uh, the uh, monumental standard of, of being saved, is to be uh, found, I suppose, in Christ Jesus and, and uh, secure again in our relationship with Him uh, and the Holy Spirit and God restored. But on a day-to-day basis, even as we're saved, there are still many questions, and the sensation or the perspective, the uh, experience of being lost or the feeling that somehow we're lost is uh, unfortunately, again, uh, a a new normal. Um, Not something, though, that I enjoy any more than probably the next person does. So the idea of discovery... Or, or knowing how to find an answer uh, is probably as important as would be the answer. Or, or maybe another way of saying that is, if you can identify how to dis- uh, find it, if you can identify what it is to discover, uh, define it, to know it, uh, then probably in and of itself that is the solution. Uh, it is true, facts change. Probably the facts don't, but the composition, the way they're all put together, uh, creates new pictures every day. It's part of creativity. It's just part of life. But as much as, again, facts uh, are, are elemental, uh, but can be put together in unique and different ways to present new new sort of discoveries, uh, it would be important that you know not only how to identify the facts, but what it is that binds them all together to create the reality, Um, I could look at a bunch of facts uh, and come up with an entirely different conclusion, uh, way of seeing reality, uh, uh, perceiving reality, identifying reality than someone else might. Uh, And certainly within that, not only is that a matter of some opinion, but there may be also along the way some sort of bodily impairments or dysfunctions that go along with it, Uh, whether it's uh, failure in terms of, again, being able to measure things. Uh, There are certainly individuals who have or have not a particular uh, capability uh, as far as sensation goes. Some are blind, can't see. Some have other problems that interfere with their ability, uh, hearing loss, uh, all those things, and you say, well, that that might be a little bit overdone, too simplistic in that way, but it's true. If you can't see, it's going to be more difficult. Now, yes, you can compensate, uh, but if you have some impairment in your uh, sensorium, is what we call it in the business, that all those things, the five And as with Christianity, if you want to call it that, that spiritual dimension that could be kind of the sixth sense, uh, if there's an impairment in any of that, uh, you are probably going to be um, a bit liable at odds. I guess it's a liability, that's what I mean, uh, meant to say or mean to say, and is going to represent difficulties. You're going to have a harder time not only... (laughs) finding solutions, but looking for any evidence of them. Um, We have to take in information facts. But with that, we also have to have some model of putting them all together. Now, for the human dimension, we call that consciousness. (laughs) It is that sort of running narrative of our life, The storylines, the facts, past, present, and future, put together with a bit of a unique twist. Unique in the sense that, again, every individual is different, but every individual has a story. They have a life, presuming that most of us have unique experiences in our life, although there's so many more things or as many more things that are common to life in human dimension. I, everyone's, again, much like I was saying about the facts. They can put be put together in such a way that it's unique to everyone, to the individual. So we have to know what it means, and not only do we have to know what it means to us, we have to know also what it means when it's in regards to the people around us, the people that surround us, the people that we share our world with. Somebody has to come up with the story. But if the story is too fabled or too much of a fabrication, if it lacks um, reality, then it's probably not going to, in the end, really win for us. You know, what is a win? Even that sometimes is hard to define, it's hard to know. Uh, again, all this about being lost. What is a win? Well, for you, a win might be something completely different than what it might be for me or anyone else. But I think all of us in general kind of see win as not only dealing with reality, but as reality then has some dimension of life, then winning has to also have some aspect of living. Um, But if you don't understand how to comprehend or take in that those facts and analyze them and, and develop some comprehension of what it all means, <laughs> you're going to be lost. Uh, it is interesting as you go back and, and you look at human consciousness. Uh, I'm aware of me. <laughs> I know who I am at this particular point in my life. there's a lot of history. I know where I was born, where I grew up. Again, my, my body, fortunately, my memory, fortunately, is still working fairly well at this point in my life. Uh, details are still there, sometimes not as, again, uh, available as as uh, maybe I'd like for them to be or maybe they would have been in the past. Uh, I'm sure there's some things that are not even in my conscious awareness at this particular point or moment in my life that somebody comes along, maybe someone from that period in my life that I've forgotten, and all of a sudden I'm reminded. Maybe I see something and all of a sudden it triggers a memory and, wow, I forgot about all that, but here it is, and it comes back to me. But as I understand my life, I create a storyline with my life. But if all lives are unique in that sense then somewhere along the way, somebody's got to tie them together, lest we all, in some manner or fashion, again, I say again because I believe that this kind of captures the notion for the whole podcast today, program today, is that we will maybe know about ourselves, but how do you know about your life, your meaning and purpose in life, your place in humanity, unless there's some sort of idea of what it's supposed to be. And how do you know that except somebody who <laughs> come along and point it out? Now, you could say again, uh, being lost is is is, uh, is probably not only a matter of not know, having an answer to the particulars, the specifics about anybody's circumstance in life or situation in life, but, but more so... Being lost is not knowing how to find it, the discovery. And you could argue, well, that's the whole point. We just discover it as we go, and in some sort of random measure or manner or fashion or according to some sort of uh, improvisational, another way of saying that, sort of actions, uh, script gets put together, riff if you're talking about music, uh, what basically happens then is what you're left with is the composition. Now, just to prove, or at least try to prove the point, establish the point, uh, I've heard some riffs, we'll go to music, that absolutely positively made no sense to me. They were simply just noises. Now, it's not that they would not make sense to either the person who put them together, the composer, It would not be that I represent the entirety of all potential audiences. Uh, It would not even be that my judgment of what is good or bad should be applied to that particular creation, that particular music. But if I'm to write the script and interpret the script all on my own, what is that based on? It's sort of like being in the woods and saying, well, I'll just walk in this direction and find something. Well, maybe more so today than it has been in the past. Uh, That might work. (laughs) There's very few places that are truly areas so remote that you're not going to run into somebody at some point, but presumably if there is no beginning or end to anything, except what we know in natural regard on earth, uh, ad infinitum. Everything has an infinity attached to it, uh, infinite sort of dimension attached to it. Certainly in spiritual realm, the Word tells us that God is just that. He is eternal. He is infinite. Uh, There is no beginning or ending in God. In the same sort of a way, though, within the context of the human consciousness, and then we expand that, not only one generation, but multiple generations, we kind of create a space for history. Past, which then means that there is also a space for present. I can guarantee that because we're in it right now. But there is no guarantee for future. Not because there isn't eternal dimension, or that even in the natural things go on. We don't. That's the issue. We don't. Now, I know I won't, though my story seems to be pretty secure and sound right now. Uh, I'm pretty happy with how I've edited it. (laughs) I've taken out, again, uh, maybe now selective memory, taking out the bad parts, the parts that don't make any sense, the parts I don't want in my story. But there will come a day when my story will be finished, and I only get to write it up to the moment that I'm no longer living in it. Once that ends, then somebody else has to either take over my story, maybe that is the end of my story as much as it then represents the end of me, but that doesn't sound eternal. That doesn't sound, in that same way, infinite. There is no being found in that. I am lost. Now, again, arguably so, most of us know up from down, right from left. Most of us, with the incredible capabilities God has bestowed, given to us as he created us, we do have a quite functional... um, sort of sweet if you want to call it, of senses. Uh, we can measure things in three dimensions. We can also within context of cognitive operations, how we process, we can put things together in past present future dimensions. Uh, God certainly gave us time and space, or at least the opportunity for time and space. I know that in word context, time and space serves an important purpose, lest we all should perish in our being lost, our lostness, at any moment uh, along the way, lest we all should realize, well, this is sort of, again, a bubble we've created. God's given Possibly it's the hedge of protection. I don't know. But if you step outside the bubble and you put yourself in context to eternity, you put yourself in context to infinity, you put yourself in context to no beginning, no end, or even as Jesus said, the same thing, at least even if it's in an antonym sort of way, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, he was talking about humanity. Why? Because he was speaking to humans. Why? Because he came to save humans. Why? Because if we are taken outside of our bubble, our own conscious awareness, our own storylines and scripts, we don't survive. There's nothing about us that's going to endure. Now, we know, right, that as much as we have any opportunity then for salvation, getting back to what I was saying at the beginning of the program, it has to be in Jesus Christ. He has to give us something more then time and space, the three dimensions that we live in, Our, our sensation or sensorium allows us to measure bodily, measure bodily sensorium to measure. And with that, he has to give us some reference beyond what we've experienced in this life, though quite adequate to navigate time and space, without some sort of eternal dimension to it, without something grander than just our own narratives or stories, besides us saying, well, this is where it started, Uh, this is where it's going to end, I get to direct it along the way, Uh, sort of maybe, I I think more so again today than ever before, part of possibly why we don't know right from wrong, it seems uh, lacking common sense, best way to put it. People feel like they can make up the rules, too. And to some degree, I was going to say for the most part, I don't know that's true. To some degree, it's true. They can. But it only lasts as long as you're in the bubble. Only as long as you reside in time and space. And all of that is really a human operation, a bodily sort of creation. Does it have any inspiration from God? I think everything has inspiration from God. Can we fully and totally extrict, extrict, extricate, remove God from our conscious awareness? No. That's why the Holy Spirit, though we may grieve him, deny him, may reject him, reject Jesus Christ, reject God. Nonetheless, there is condemnation. Iniquity brings forth, of that sort, brings forth condemnation. We know it, we feel it. But we try not only to hide from it, we try to alter those realities. We try to take the facts. We try to interpret them in different ways. We try to come up with different rules change the definitions, but all along the way, not only are we lost because none of those things, maybe in a in a sort of uh, uh, narcissistic is what I want to say, egocentric sort of way, a self-centered sort of way, sometimes even in the most selfish, egocentric, I'm in the middle of everything, The world always comes back to me, sort of orientation, narcissistic orientation to life. The facts still don't fit. Why? Because somebody else comes into our bubble and says, wait a minute, that doesn't line up with my storyline. Wait a minute. That's not the way that this is supposed to go. The narrative is I win this one, you don't. Or if we're both after the same thing. Somebody in some competitive way has to get it, lest the stories, the narratives, the legacies are all fouled up, and we have to, in some ways, make reconciliation for that. Again, I I confess, I edit, I I deny, I distort, I fabricate, Uh, not just me, try real hard not to, It's the human nature is my point, and truthfully, so do you. Um, We try to be empirical. I believe in science as it would be rooted in empiricism. I don't believe science rooted in humanism. Humanism is almost as bad as Davidism. (laughs) That's me, by the way. Or whatever your name might be, this is not your world. It is your bubble. God gave you a bubble, you needed a bubble. Because in your immaturity, your inability to see things in those kind of reality-based ways, beyond just time and space and the human capacity to imagine, comprehend, reason, uh, all of those sort of functions and factors, you don't stack up. Put yourself on Mars and you're nothing. Literally so. Now, y'all, well, one day we're going to build space stations. One day we're going to occupy all the planets. One day all the solar systems. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm not saying it won't happen, obviously. I do believe that we have landed on the moon. Some people still question that. Used to more so probably than today. But I don't know that's going to happen. The Earth itself, again, kind of like I've said it before in the podcast, is a bubble. It's not the rest of the universe or universes or galaxies, eternal, infinity, on and on. There's no end, there's no beginning. There's no such thing then as time and space. You think that way, and all of a sudden you begin to realize how truly lost you are. So what's the hope? Well, you're not going to teach me or tell me about some other life form on some other planet in some other galaxy however many millions of light ways away. I've got no reference for it. Or if I have any reference, it's just going to be what I know. Uh, does it look like an ant? Uh, is it bigger than a dinosaur? Does it walk upright like a human? Does it fly like a bird? <laughs> does it eat food? Uh, what's its favorite food? No. <laughs> that's, that's, those are such silly questions, but they're not silly to us. Because that's all we know. And quite frankly, all we're going to be capable of knowing until we would experience it or see it. But what's the chances of any of us experiencing and seeing maybe that? That's a reach for me, quite frankly. But you couldn't argue you're not going to see all things. Why? Because you don't live long enough, you are not eternal. The human body is not eternal. It has a definite beginning and end, even as Jesus said. But he was speaking of himself in reference to us. You aren't the beginning and end of everything. You're not the Alpha and the Omega. Now, maybe that was a polite way of Jesus saying that, offering himself up, suggesting that, okay, I'm not going to put this burden over on you. I'm going to put it on me because at this particular moment as the Christ, I can, for the sake of God, uh, I am uh, one with God. Uh, Jesus was God. Uh, But I can bring this to you and say this. But if you don't draw the comparison that I'm making, you are going to be lost. Why? Not because you won't make it through this life. Although, again, questionably so, many don't know how to even make it through this life. They just take what comes. Maybe that's making it in some sense, but it's only borrowing from God's mercy and grace. Because if he removed the bubble, you wouldn't be surviving right now. Now, that's kind of the bad news, but the good news is that's okay because he gave you an answer. And the answer is, as much as you can, don't live in a bubble. It's not you that defines your life. It's God. Do you get a part in that? Yes. Does it serve a purpose in a natural context? Yes. But outside of Just those basic day-to-day references. For the sake of, again, some common sense, don't walk in the middle of the road. I live in a city, unfortunately, where people have no common sense dimension of the dangers of walking in the middle of the street. They also do all kinds of other crazy things. I've never thought I would see the day where as a nation possibly a world, we could live in such a state of mass hysteria. Uh, And for those of you who may be listening in a much more contemporary kind of reference, time and space, uh, as I am putting all this together on the podcast, as I'm speaking to you today on the program, we are in the throes of the COVID-19 coronavirus, circa 2019, 2020. The world's crazy. We've gone hysterical. There's a run on toilet paper. Now, lest that discredit the quality or the credibility of this program to discuss such matters, I only say that for the sake of how obviously insane that sounds. I don't know why, It's possibly some sort of neurotic, obsessive-compulsive, I'm lost, I don't know what to do. But toilet paper is not going to save you any more than hand sanitizer will. The only thing that saves you is not only that God has blessed you in a bodily way to function within time and space, and, and again, most adaptively so, But in that, empiricism, if it's not humanism, if it doesn't come with the prejudice of we're the center of the universe or the galaxies or we're the most important thing in all of everything, I don't want to call it just the world, but I guess the world is okay. Uh, It encompasses everything outside of us. It's crazy. We're not. And in the end, empiricism, if it works the way it should, should bring you to also an adaptive awareness of that. If you can't accept that and also therein believe that though your flesh, your body, the humanity, the humanism, the personality, the individual, David, is going to die, you are not probably ready to face the eternal and the infinite. You can't grasp it. Literally so. You have no way to measure it. Your brain is limited to a very, very narrow scope of reference. You can't begin to put it all together. So, lost is both The requirement of navigating in a day-to-day context, putting the facts together, surviving, and with God's grace and mercy, because he loves us, because he has not (laughs) brought us to that moment of the end of time and space, really of humanism, possibly even humanity, we're still getting by. But again, the bigger lost is what do you do when that ends? How do you know, even in your life now, that you're truly not only empirical, prone to not only violating the big picture cause, right, of salvation in Jesus Christ, we need some way to get beyond the material into whatever dimension is in the after, this life, in the eternal, in the infinite of God. But even in this life, as much as we need those answers, empiricism helps us navigate our day-to-day interactions so we don't kill each other. So when our worlds collide or overlap or the narratives don't line up, we can say, hey, wait a minute. It is important, but it's not that important. It gives us a reference, God's Word, Old and New Testament, gives us a reference then for those things that we can't possibly comprehend, take in, except by way of the Holy Spirit. Now, I mentioned that earlier, possibly the sixth sense. That's almost a discredit even in saying that. But it does capture sort of my point. You need the Holy Spirit. He is the only way that you will tap into, be able to align properly with anything that's going to give you a sense of meaning and purpose that not only will best adjust the day-to-days, even as God has afforded us grace and mercy and opportunity to come unto him to fully mature and grow as individuals as well as as a species, as a group of humans generation to generation before he calls in that last sort of makes the final call. Jesus comes again. But if we can abide in not only God's word, but the Holy Spirit, we find answers, at least the best way, answer, to navigate this life without, again, I say killing each other, It could include that dimension too, and that would be self-destruction. We'd eventually just destroy ourselves by killing one another. But destroying the person that I am, literally so, I can destroy me by choosing not to be established or my life or my narrative or my consciousness in God's Word. The Holy Spirit gave God's word to the men who wrote the word, the Bible, Old and New Testament. He also, by virtue of Jesus Christ, resides in everyone, as with the believer, however, unto salvation. He resides in the others, as I was speaking earlier, It's hard to extricate, take God out of any of our awareness, but it is our choice, because of God giving us just that, liberty, to deny, to reject the word, to live in our own bubble, to create our own fantasies, fairy tales. Anyone who has, of the last 15, 20 years, maybe 30 years, found themselves, um, I want to say this in the broadest of terms, uh, watching, uh, enjoying uh, entertainment medium, knows, whether it's television, whether it's YouTube, whether it's some other, other social media platform, whether it's podcasts, even books, heaven forbid, Even books, sports, everything is fantasy more and more than it ever has been. We're not telling stories about people much anymore except that they would be in some sort of fantasy context. Now, yes, you can aspire, you can dream You can use your imagination, but if you don't attach it to reality, it's just a concoction, a story, a fable, a myth. When we start to then not only watch those, create those, watch those, but begin to want to so badly live in those that we begin to actually live in those sort of narratives, we are again looking for, if not have, immediately discovered trouble. There is no reality in that. Yes, it's okay to occasionally enjoy some sort of a fantasy, science fiction, whatever you want to watch. But even those programs, those stories aren't really truly about science. It's humanism. It's a superiority of humankind. And it's imagining we can do things that maybe could happen. I can't discount it because I can't read the future any better than anyone else can. But the likelihood of that happening seems pretty small in context of really what I do know. Empirically and scientifically about the earth, we are but a species of creation, specific creation on this earth. And there has been no evidence that there has been this survival over generations, eons. Um, it changes, it appears to be solid and eternal, but it's only because we live such a short life. In reference to what? Eternity? Now, I know even for some believers, they're going to take some offense in this, because as much as when you're in your immaturity, or one is in immaturity, one prefers to think the world is all about them. And to some extent, it's okay. But when you get to the sacrifice part and you get to the realization that it's not about your humanity, it's about God, Christ, the Holy Spirit in you, then whether it is our physical death or the death of our consciousness, our human identity, our personality, they're still one and the same. You've got to let go of that, lest you take that to your grave and have nothing then, either in facing the imminence of that, that passing over, it scares you to death. It destroys you. And really, (laughs) truthfully, after you're dead, none of that goes with you. If that's all you are up to the point of dead, the facts are none of that goes with you. Now, you can say, well, David, you've never been there. You're right. I have not. But Jesus has. The word tells me that after death, I don't have the physical anymore. Even if I have a soul, I need to make sure it's secure in Christ. So that I become so much one with him and he covers me, (laughs) the lesser being me, so that I might enter again in unto the Father. Not in me, but in him. That's going to be the pushback. Because even as believers, it's hard to accept that teaching. It's hard to believe that the flesh and what we think is so important, and maybe you could justify a bit of that by saying, well, it is, as long as you're in the flesh. Yes, but that's why there is a word. That's why there was a warning God gave. Don't partake of the tree of knowledge of good and evil to the exclusion of the tree of life. Uh, it was in the garden. We weren't supposed to eat of it, whether we were or weren't. It turned out the way it was supposed to or not. It happened, and God yet has made a way for us. But the way is not by way of knowledge of good and evil. Our consciousness, our human awareness, our precedents, our legal system, our, uh, I guess the, the, the scientific community, again, as it would establish things, if it's humanism at the bottom of it, if it's biased, then it's going to be somewhat corrupted. You know, facts are still facts, and I believe in in the majority of what we've discovered as with science, but there's way too much human interpretation, then that messes it up. I need to have the mind of Christ. I need to have the mind of God, that only the Word of God can show me. I need to read my Bible from Genesis to Revelation. I need to understand, yes, it's a story about humans. It's going to be written in human context because they had no better way to capture it. But it's not speaking entirely to the facts, though it is factual. It's speaking even more to the discovery of reality, the interpretation, which has to be from God, and it has to be established in a paradigm, a context bigger and broader than us. It can't be my story. My story is insignificant comparative to all the other realities that I do not know. In eternal dimension, whether they're all entirely spiritual or whether they be material. The interesting point in that, though, is if I understand that even in my limited apperception capability of perceiving and conceiving in this human body, I am probably able to go anywhere, 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 not only on earth anywhere and be able to at least understand the true virtue and character of God because God is a singular God he operates the same way there that he operates here if I know him here I will know him there and if I know him here I will know him because he has shown himself Not only in empiricism, the ability to find the answer, discover the answer, look for the answer in the right place, getting back to the beginning of the program, but he's given me his word as instruction and promise, and he's then given me Jesus to show me. And in showing me, Jesus highlights the Holy Spirit, having been there all along just that my mind, my fantasies, my consciousness has overridden him. It's denied him, the Holy Spirit. And thus, when I see Jesus, if I am not really empirical, I'm going to reject him. The devil has convinced us that to accept Jesus is unscientific, unempirical. That's a bunch of hooey. There is no truth in that. You cannot deny Jesus as the Christ if you're empirical. You have to create up fables, fantasies, create fables, fantasies, myths in order to deny him. Because if you look at it the way we've looked at it today, all of the stuff I've said though it is with some personal interpretation because I am Dr. Michael David Clay. But that doesn't add any credibility to anything. My opinion could be just as good as yours, except that I would understand the mind of God, the mind of Christ as represented not only in the Word of God as in Old Testament, New Testament, but written upon my heart. It's in me. And once it gets established in my head, then I'm good to go. Yes, I'll still have questions in life that need to be answered. I'll still have times of feeling lost and confused. But I won't be biting off the wrong fruit. I won't be going down the wrong road. I won't be giving into to mass hysteria. I won't be captured or captivated by the social elite. The myths of kings and queens and and uh, fantasy worlds of football and basketball and baseball and, and soccer and whatever other sport. Uh, I, I won't look at that and say, oh, well, that's the reality. No, that is not the reality. Jesus Christ is the reality. To live as Christ is to die, but die, as the Apostle Paul would have said it, is gain. God doesn't want to kill you. He wants you to survive. But the only way that he can show you how to do that is to show you this thing that otherwise the devil uses to convince you not to pay attention. You're narcissistic, you're self-absorbed, you're self-centered if you don't embrace the cross. And yes, Jesus died for our sins, but we also all too have a cross that we must bear. And to be Christ-like does not mean everybody else dies so that we might live. If we're truly Christ-like, then we too accept that portion of the mantle that goes along with being called a believer and a Christian But we don't do that in some scared fashion. We don't do that in some sort of grandiose, fabled way. We don't do that by trying to hedge the bet. Don't be foolish. (laughs) Use the good common sense again that God has given you. But you don't take it with you when you go. Any of it. Because it is in time and space, in humanism, restricted to only what bubble God has allowed us for our hedge of protection, supposedly, purportedly. I say supposedly as with word. I don't know that that's exactly what that means. I've heard folks say that. That's why I say supposedly. I really think the hedge of protection is that God wants us to see everything for what it really is, including him, and then secure ourselves in him. That's the protection But up to this point, it's arguable just as a child, their parents cover them. But wait till you become adult and wait till you move out of the house and wait till you accept, as with the age of accountability, the responsibility that goes along with making good decisions and then learning from the consequences. That's really empiricism, by the way. But it is not something that is easy to do in the flesh, in the body, and at times it includes a a bit of being lost. But it doesn't mean you're lost, it just means there's discovery. But once you've discovered how to find the answer, once you've discovered how to calibrate, so to speak, the whole system, through the Word of God, so that you know the ultimate reality or reference point, your stories begin to line up with His. And really, your story needs to be Jesus. And if it doesn't turn into Jesus by the end of your life, you've missed the point. If you're not more Christ-like when you leave this world then when, I'm not sure about innocence of a child, but when you certainly get to the point of corruptibility, right, carnal knowledge, sin manifest, iniquity manifest in that measure, then you've not done what you were supposed to do. Which really doesn't mean, again, that we can make it happen even. We just have to know who to look to for the guidance, so to get our mind aligned with the reality, so then those things that are supposed to happen by godly ordination through, again, the Holy Spirit, through the salvation that's afforded us in Jesus Christ, actually takes place. You don't need to be lost any more than is a day-to-day sort of thing, and in this world, again, you're going to have some of that, but eternally You got the answer to it all. You got everything that is ever humanly possible to win. And more than that, you've defined the win. We've just defined the win. How could you then lose? Folks come see me. My patients ask questions. I try to answer them as best I can. Again, I'm not the yes man, nor do I purport to be. But at the same time, though, I know how to go to the Word. I know how to direct them toward empiricism. I know what the mind of God looks like. I know what the mind of Christ looks like and is. And I, more than any of those other things, know what the Holy Spirit does for me and can do for them. There's answers, big-picture answers, eternal, the hereafter, salvation, in that dimension. But there's also small-picture answers, day-to-day struggles. There's answers. Again, I'd like to thank you for joining me today on what is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry. My name is Dr. David Clay, and if you have any interest still and you've enjoyed the podcast, I'd really enjoy having you also come back and join me on our next podcast. Thanks.